Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Pei Dalad, Maseches Bavakama. Welcome back, Phil and Andrew. Barry, thank you for schlepping us to this point. You played hurt. Get some rest. Uh, come back soon. We're going to uh, learn for the schus of all our soldiers and all of our, all of Klal Yisrael needs all the Yeshua's we can get. Bezat Hashem. Okay, so six lines up from the wide on uh, Pei Gimel. Ahmed Bez. We were discussing the following idea. Welcome to Parakachovel, guys. So Parakachovel starts off in the Mishnah yesterday with the Nezek Tsar Ripui Boshes. Remember all of the five payments that one pays when a human being injures another human being. It's a very specific case, as we will see, God willing, later in this daf. Right, not when you hit an animal. All right, or when an animal hits a human being, when a human being hits another human being. Okay. Now, those five don't sound necessarily like what would happen. Uh, the payment for this injury is not necessarily what you would have thought would happen when you read Vayikra, Perak starting in Pasuk Yudzayim. I'm going to read it a little bit because we're going to address it. We started yesterday and we'll continue today. When you read the psukim, I'll give it away, it sounds like an eye for an eye, like old school medieval times. It sounds like if somebody knocks at somebody else's eye, they should have their eye knocked out for them. What do you mean? What am I, barbaric? Well, let's look at the psukim. It says, Okay, so the first thing that the Gemara pointed out yesterday was that there's different kinds of, of blows, different kinds of patches, right? There's one that's a fatal blow, and there's one that's just a injury, right? So, obviously, when the Pasuk sets off on Vayikra Chavdalet Yudzayin, it's talking about a fatal blow. A, per, a man, when he hits another man, you, the, the hint is where it says, Ki Kol Nefesh. Kol Nefesh means that you, you got to the soul over there or whatever. You, you killed the person. So, a fatal blow is going to be capital punishment. Okay. And then it says, the next Pasuk, the very next Pasuk, Maken Nefesh Be'imai, Shalmena Nefesh Tachas Nefesh. So then it has the, the word yishalmena, right? If you kill an animal, you're going to have to pay for it. Okay, so that's going to be important. So if you kill a human being, it's capital punishment, you get killed. You kill an animal, you're going to pay for that animal, okay? And then it says, ten mum, this is where you think it's an eye for an eye. This is unbelievable. It says, that yiten mum means if you injure somebody, not if you kill somebody. So if you injure somebody, that will, I mean, the Pasuk literally says it, black on white. Such will be done back to him. Shever tachas shever. Ein tachas ein. Shein tachas shein. Could it be more explicit than that? Whatever you do to them, that will happen to you. It's like kasher zamam, which we will see. It in itself may not, be, may not be exactly literal. It might be a monetary payment. In fact, it is. So, but, and then it doubles down and it says again, kasher iten mum ba'adam keni nasein bo. Just like he will give a mum to a person, so too it will be given to him. I'll give away a little bit. One, we're going to go through, that's what we're going to start with today, many proofs that the Gemara is going to try to bring that despite the fact that the Pasuk sounds explicitly like you're going to get a physical eye for an eye, literally, it is indeed going to be a monetary punishment. One of, uh, right, monetary payment. One of the proofs is going to be this word yitain. Kasher yitain mum ba'adam ken yinasein bo. The word natan usually means money. Okay, I'm saying, right, it sounds like you take, you, 
you're look, looking at a detail and missing the forest from the trees. Now, be that as it may, that's going to be one of the proofs. But be that, and then finally it says, It actually really just repeats what it says before that if you kill, if you hit an animal, you're going to pay. If you hit a human being, you get capital punishment. And then finally, the last pasuk it says, "Mishpat echad yelachem." Aha, "Mishpat echad yelachem." I don't know what that means. It means it should be what one law for you. What does it mean? What's one law? So the Gemara is going to learn from that one law, and we saw it already yesterday, right? The same law that applies for an animal should be applied for a human being. The Gemara is going to ask, well. You, you could learn that one of two ways, that you, just like you pay for killing an animal, you should also only pay for injury or injuring an animal, you should only pay for injuring a human being. In other words, taking everything that we said that was literally an eye for an eye, now we're going to say, Mishpat it's a hint that really it's not an eye for an eye, it's payment of an eye for an eye, okay. And then uh, the Gemara is going to ask, well, you could take it the other way. You could say, well, just like you have capital punishment or literal tit for tat, as it were, for human beings. Maybe you should have that for animals also. I mean, Mishpat Echad goes both ways. It's not telling you which direction to go. Uh, so now you have the context already to resume. Six lines up from the wide, four words from the end. The words are, Baha'i lo tikhu kofar nefesh Okay, so, nefesh right? Uh, this was one of two. We had a brysa, okay? The Brisa already brought two reasonings, right? Two, two possible sources for why we know, again, the whole question is, how, despite the fact that the Pasuk sounds like an eye for an eye sounds, you literally take some, gouge someone's eye out. If a person gouges a friend's eye out, then you'll gouge his eye out in retaliation. The, the Gemara uh, brought two possible sources, right? One is right? the comparison of the hitting of an animal where you uh, pay money, right? That was one comparison. And the other one was with, with the kofer, right? It says, uh, the Bryce says, if you want, I'll give you another reason. What's the other reason? That is a, the context there is, is when you have somebody who is uh, a murderer, you don't just pay, let him pay off the murder and get out of it. No, that you have to have capital punishment. What is the inference, Phil? That it is only for murder that you can't get away with it and you have capital punishment. Everything short of that, which is to say all of Nazikin, you're going to not do a corporal type of punishment, but you're going to do a uh, monetary punishment. So those are the two. The Brisa had said, right, so again, the Make Behima is the first one, Latikul Kofar is the second one. The Brisa had a weird language, said, if you want, I'll, you can have the second choice. Okay, so now the Gemara asks, It's a question. Is it really to exclude Roshe Avarim, which is to say, is it really going to teach you that anything uh, else is uh, other than, right, actual killing is going to be monetary? We need this Pasuk for another halacha. Why? 
Because the Torah says, don't do two things for him in one judgment. This is very similar to the idea of Kimle, that maybe what you need to learn is that when a person, right, kills another person, then you give them capital punishment. And as we know, sometimes there's a monetary, you know, you throw somebody off a building, you also ruin their clothes. But you don't have to pay for their clothes because of Kimlam. right? You don't kill him and also give him a fine. Once you're killing him, you don't give him a fine. Maybe we need the Pasuk for that. In other words, once we need the Pasuk for that, maybe we can't learn it for that uh, second thing that the Bryson wants to learn it for, uh, which is to say for our law that you give a, you ask for a monetary payment instead of a right, corporal punishment. So the Gemara ends up saying, Hi, Mikadevi Shosanafka. Very famous idea. Where do we know Kimel Medrabamine? Where do we know that when you have a, uh, when, you, when you give somebody the capital punishment, you don't make them also pay a fine? This is famous. We saw it already. And we're going to learn Makas, God willing. And it's, everybody knows it's from the Pasuk of Kedei Rishaso. The Torah says that you only give one punishment, the more severe one. It's in the context of Makas, right? As the Gemara continues to say, Right? This is famous in Makos. You only give him for one. Meaning, when a person is supposed to get multiple penalties, you give him the most severe and you forgive the other one, so to speak, right? So the Gemara, So he says, yeah, but that Pasuk you still need, right? Because you still need our Pasuk of because the Pasuk says the, don't take the money why and, and exonerate him from the capital punishment. Why? Because Im Cain, right? Because a, after all, we still would be able to learn about injury cases because because of the way the Pasuk is written. The Pasuk says, again, it uses the word lenefesh rotzeach. Lenefesh rotzeach sounds like it's very specific, that it's only in a very specific case that you don't make him pay. That's what the Gemara continues to say as follows. It says, In other words, if what the Pasuk wanted to teach you was just the Kim Lebedorabamine, it would say you won't take money for a person who's a Russia that is worthy of the death penalty. But it says a very weird language. It says, Lenefesh Rotseach, for the soul or the life of a murderer. Lenefesh Rotseach Lamali. Why does he use that specific language? Ask the Gemara. Shmamina, Lenefesh Rotseach, Yatelokeach Kofer, about Zokeach Kofer, the Roshe Evarim Sheinan Chosrin. That's what we learned yesterday, that it's teaching you that you don't take money, right, when a person, when you kill somebody. However, just means when you maim somebody, means it's not going to come back, non-regenerating right limbs, for that, you just make a payment, which is to say, an, a, a money for an eye, right? That's not going to come back, but for that, you don't get killed, you don't even give your eye, you just pay money, fine. So now that's the Gemara. Now what the Gemara is asking is as follows, as we just mentioned, the Brisa has two sources. Has makeh, makeh, the comparison of makeh by animal to comparison by makeh to a human being. And the second one was latikhu kofer. Why do you need both, right? The Gemara had said, if you want, I'll give you another source. Why do we need both sources? Once you have the second, why do you need the first? Says the Gemara, I'll tell you like this. If I would have only learned from the second one from latikhu kofer, what I would have thought was, Right, Ibai ain't no nasive, Ibai may ain't no nasive, that you have a choice. 
person knocks out another guy's eye, he can either uh, pay for it or get his own eye knocked out. Either way, right, he gets exonerated that way. That's how he pays back. No. That's why we also need the Gzair from Behemah. You don't have a choice. That the only way that you can pay back for knocking somebody's eye is with a monetary payment. Okay, so now we're four lines up from the bottom of Pegimon Bays at the two dots and Tanya. Now we're going to bring uh, a series of braces that teach you the same thing that the way you pay back for knocking someone's eye is with a monetary payment as follows. Right? So he points out what we've already highlighted, this idea that the Pusik sounds very much like an eye, like an eye. It's an eye for an eye. So Even though it sounds like that, that's not what we do. We pay money. Are you sure it's money? Maybe it's an eye for an eye. Well, my answer would be, what if one guy has a really tiny eye and the other guy has this beautiful giant eye? Is that really an eye for an eye? <laughs> so his logic is, you know, no two eyes are alike. And so how is an eye for an eye fair? Okay. Says so Gemara, is that really an argument? And wait a minute. So you say, okay, so instead you're paying money. But this argument can be true, right? That everybody should have the same, right, the same halacha for all of you. So that is the argument, okay? That since it says, and it says an eye for an eye, we know it has to be monetary because the only way you could really repay someone exactly for the eye that you took out is once you evaluate the value of the eye, which we've already said, you evaluate what they would be worth with the eye and what they'd be worth without the eye, and then you can give an exact amount. It's never going to be exact. You'll never be able to what? Satisfy both ayin tachas ayin and mishpat tachad Why, Andrew? Because no two eyes are exactly alike. And since that's the case, an eye for an eye will never be mishpat echad because it will never be equal. That's my source. It has to be money and not eye, which is to say... Maybe I would do an eye for an eye, but I can't because it's not even. And it has to be even Stephen, says the Gemara. Maybe that's not what it really means for an eye for an eye. Let's get Lomdish, Umri, my Kushya. Maybe you can answer for that, but that's not difficult. Maybe it doesn't really mean the actual eyeball, but the sight. Oh, abstract. I love it. You're not taking the person's eyeball, I mean, you are. But the real thing that he wants is not the actual ball. He would love sight. And so, since you took the sight, maybe your sight should be taken away. Because if you're not so like that, as we finally right, let's look at capital punishment itself. Let's say a little dude uh, kills a giant or vice versa. How are you going to say that you're going to kill them? After all, right? it's in the same sequence of Sukkim and Vayikra that teaches you capital punishment and right, corporal punishment and behemoths and so all of them, sounds like we, everything has to be even Stephen. Well, how is it even Stephen if a little guy uh, kills a big guy? You should have to like kill three guys in return for that. So the Gemara, because Torah Amar Mishpat Echad Yelachem. So if Mishpat Echad Yelachem means that everything has to be even Stephen, it wouldn't really make sense, even in the context of capital punishment. Because it says, Mishpat HaShav Lekulchem, it has to be so even. El Neshama But... 
Why does it make sense to do capital punishment? Because it's not the size that matters. Size does not matter. What happens is you took away somebody's life, and so your life should be taken away. It's talking about separating the neshama from the guf, as it were, right? Taking away their soul and their life from the victim. And so there, the size is irrelevant. Neshama amrachman Since you took the neshama from a person, your neshama should be taken from you. So hachanami here too, it would be the same thing by an eye. It's not the eyeball, it, you took the sight. The sight should be taken from you. And therefore, since it can make sense to take out the eyeball, because what you're taking is not the ball itself, but the sight, maybe it does make sense. This is therefore non-conclusive proof that an eye for an eye doesn't make sense. The mishpat echad yelachem does not prove, uh, provide a stira. It's not really such a contradiction to an eye for an eye. And so if it, were for, if it were for just that, maybe we would do an eye for an eye. Okay, so let's continue. Six lines down, two dots. Another proof. Let's see. From another bracer. Reb Shimon Bar Yechai. Ooh. Shimon Bar Yechai said the following. mamon. Okay, good. He knows that it's monetary. How so? Atomer mamon? Really? Or eno elam ayin mamish? Maybe you should just take out an eye for an eye, like literally. Well, what are you going to say if a blind person blinds someone else? Or a person who has severed limbs takes the corresponding limb of another person? Or chiger v'chiger. Right, a cripple, cripple someone in the same exact way that he's already crippled. What's the issue, Andrew? You're never going to be able to give him the punishment. He, knocked, he, he, he doesn't have a left eye. He knocked out somebody else's left eye. How are you going to punish him back? Oh, that's how you know that can't be an eye for an eye because that scenario, it wouldn't work. Really? Okay, that's what the Gemara, that's what the Gemara, Rav Shimon Yechai wants to know. Isn't the fact that that scenario, you can't get proper retaliation, a proof, that the only way to do ayin tachadayin is monetary? After all, Torah says it has to be fair. Which implies that it has to be fair always. Obviously, this would only apply to intact assailants. And since... Uh, since when you have a uh, assailant missing a eye, it wouldn't work. So maybe it's a violation of Mishpat Achad Yelachem, and it's for that reason that an eye for an eye must be monetary. Says the Gemara, Amri, Umay Kusha, really? That's your proof, Rishon Baruchai. Dilma Hechad Efshar Efshar Hechad Lo Efshar Lo Efshar. Maybe you would say no. When possible, of course, you take out the other eye. But okay, in the weird scenario where the person who took out the eye is himself missing an eye, so then you don't do it. I mean, what are you going to do? But it, it doesn't mean that it means that the halacha has to be different in every single case, right? So when it's possible, you take out the eye. Where it's not possible, then you don't take it. Upatrina, like you got out of it. Fine, you're missing an eye, so it happens to be you're missing an eye, so you're putter from payment. But in every other case, right? It works. After all, says the Gemara, if you won't say that, then what about that's a person who's already a trefer. Trefer meaning that he's got something going on where like his windpipe is severed and he's about to die anyway, So, and he kills somebody else. So right? So there, what are you going to do? Like the guy is dying anyway, so you're not going to kill him. Fine. But in other words, so yeah, if a person who's you know, falling off a building, shoots somebody else and kills them, then obviously, technically, we're going to give him capital punishment. But in four seconds, he's going to be, he's splattered on the pavement. So, like, we don't get the opportunity to give it to him, but that's a technicality, right? Like, that's not, uh, that's not a violation of Mishpat Echad Yelachem, 
uh, right? And it's, and it's, and it's um, relevant, right? Would you make, like, for example, as heirs pay, you know, a monetary payment to the, a compensation to the heirs of the other person? The, the, the answer is that this would have been a capital punishment case. It happens to be that it kind of got carried out on its own, naturally. We didn't get a chance to do it. But that doesn't mean that it's not an eye for an eye. So similarly here, right? We're going to sell Rashim and Rechai. The fact that a blind person can blind somebody else and it sounds like it wouldn't be fair because you can't blind them back is not a reason to say that, that, that an eye for an eye is monetary. Therefore, that's also inconclusive proof that eye for an eye is monetary. Okay. So now, another potential proof, right? Seven lines down in the wide. Can you know Sainbo? This is what we referred to before. It says, Can you know Sainbo? It sounds like uh, just you know, an eye for an eye, literally, but it does use the word natan. The word natan always means money exchanging hands. Okay. So that's how we know that an eye for an eye is monetary. Well, you know, Pasuk earlier had said the word natan, but it said it explicitly in the context of give, of, of uh, injuring somebody. So there it's clearly not talking about money. As the Gemara says, are you really going to say that he gave him an injury through money? Like, would you say that, when, right? In other words, it's clear in that Pasuk that it's talking about a physical injury. So that was not a monetary injury that he caused. So we see that the word Natan doesn't always, always mean context of money. So I'm going to be small, you say, or Darshi. going to say, well, still, there was an extra Pasuk. Because right, after all, the Pasuk says when a person... When a person gives an injury to somebody else, you do to him like he did to you. So there it says an extra So even though Natan in the context of giving a mum certainly is not talking about money, we're saying the word Natan too many times. It's too many times to ignore. It must be referring That's how we know that it's mamon, right? Because it says Natan too much. It's emphasizing, obviously, that there's a monetary thing here. Okay, so then ask the mark. So then, why is the word using the word natan when it says giving a mum? That's weird. Says the gemara. I did the That's to keep the psukim parallel. In other words, later on it says kasheri ten to teach you that the pasuk is talking about monetary payment. Once it used the word kasheri ten mum ba'adam, so then the previous pasuk kind of used just the parallel language of of kenyanus and bow. Right or, or or you know in other words to make it parallel to the other one. Kenny Nussin Bo is this is is to teach you that monetary uh, payment you give. Kasheiten Mumbadam is just using the same language to teach you when you give a physical injury, but it's uh, right, but it's using that language even though it could use a different language just to keep it parallel. Okay, so that is their their proof. Now, uh, yeah, that, that's how Rabbi Rabbi Sachs. Oh, uh, Shlita always used to talk, Rabbi Yonason Sachs, in Passaic. He used to say, if you go ahead and do this, if you go ahead and do that, obviously you're going ahead if you're doing it, but it's a, it's a matter of speaking. You're keeping it like a uniform kind of language. So that's their proof. The Natsan means that it's monetary payments. Okay, in the Yeshiva of they taught the, this idea that the, the, the penalty for, of an eye for an eye is monetary payment from the following source. Amakra, Yad be Yad. Ooh. Yeah, one of the things it says is a hand for a hand. So, so it says the Gemara, It's that which exchanges hands. What exchanges hands? Money. Yeah, but we also said an eye for an eye and a foot for a foot. 
So what? The fact that it says Yad Bayad teaches you money? Like these other limbs are also mentioned and they are not referencing money. Oh. So the Gemara says, Amri, Yeah. But the point is that the Yad Bayad is like gratuitous, so to speak. It's an extra pasuk. So it must be teaching you something specific. Mechdi, and let me show you. Ah, back to Adam Zomimim. It says by Adam Zomimim, they should do for the Adam Zomimim exactly what they had planned, plotted to do against right their 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 friends. So Isak Adaitach Mamish, if you would have thought you'd do exactly an eye for an eye, Yad Biyad Lamali, why do I need a hand for hand? Shmamina Mamon. Oh, so that's what Rashi says. That he's talking, quoting the Pasuk by Adam Zomimim, Gabi Eid Zomimim Ksiv, and we're learning. That oh okay, so this is what we referenced before. That even Adam Zomimim, that we know it's an uh, that you do to them whatever they had plotted to do to their friend, even by there, if they plotted to have for how, how you do this in court is a question. But if they plotted for a guy's eye to be taken out in court, they would have to make a monetary payment for that. Okay. So then, if that's the case, ask them, regal beregal lamali. Why do you need regal beregal? Okay, so, um, so, so it says, I did the yad beyad, ksiv nami regal beregal. That's to keep it, says the Gemara, to keep it uniform, right? So, in other words, yes, it, it, we do learn that everything is monetary, but once we do that, we give other examples. And those other examples may not be the language of Yad, which teaches you that it's monetary, but it's just to uh, stress the point, which is whatever the Adam Zomimim are trying to harm the other person with, they're going to get it back, but it's going to be in the form of monetary payment. Fine. That's not true of every single punishment of Adam Zomimim, because we know, like, if they try to give the guy gullus, they're going to go into gullus, right? If they're going to try those kinds of things, as we'll see, the Adam Zomimim do, do get. Uh, However, right, uh, when it comes specifically to nezek of injury, they pay monetarily. See what, see what I mean? In other words, you're, they're, they're even going to get capital punishment. If they try to kill a guy, they're going to get killed. But if they specifically, and again, that's just important to keep in mind, if they're specifically trying to injure somebody, you're not going to injure them back. That's the only exception to kasher zamam where you're going to make them pay for that, not, not get injured back. Okay, we're, we're going to see that this is, uh, there, there's another aspect to it, which is we don't just randomly injure people, right? It's, it's weird, right, if a guy stabs a guy. We're not, this isn't like medieval times, right? We're not gonna, that's just not how we work. We're a more white-collar uh, type of bunch. You know what I'm saying, Phil? Abai Omer like this. So, so watch this. Middle of the page. In the yeshiva of Bechizkiah, they learned like this. Yeah. We're not barbarians, Andrew. In other words, an eye for an eye, capital punishment we do believe in. But, right, we're going to kill somebody. But, you know, if you go in, and anybody who's seen these medieval-themed uh, shows knows that when you go in and you grab somebody's eye out of their socket, they could bleed out and you can kill them, right? And therefore, and therefore, it, since it says an eye for an eye, and not an eye in a guy's life for an eye, so then, says the Gemara in, in the Yeshiva Beis Chizkiah, of Kadaitach if you thought an eye for an eye made literally, sometimes if you take a guy's actual rip his eyeball out of his socket, you're going to kill him. Right? 
the court is saying, okay, guys, an eye for an eye, it's medieval times, let's take this eyes, guy's eye out, gouge it out, of course you're going to kill him. So that is how you know that an eye for an eye is not literal. This kind of makes sense, right? Umay Kusha. But the Gemara asks, wait a minute. So, okay, so you might kill him. It's kind of the cost of doing business, right? Dilman Maimad Amdin Lay, listen, we assess the physical condition of the guy, and we thought that he can handle it, right? We figured it out. Let's say we give him a medical examination to see if he can handle this eye removal procedure. If he can, then we do it. If we see that he's, you know, the doctor says the guy's on Coumadin or whatever and blood thinners, he's going to bleed out, so then we're not going to do it. But if he says, listen, he can handle it, like he'll live, so then we do do it. What if he, the doctor says, I think he can handle it. Then you go do it. But sure enough, he didn't handle it. He died. Okay, so if he died, he died. You know what I mean? Like, it's the cost of doing business. It happens. After all, don't we have that same exact approach to Malkos, right? Because after all, we say in the Mishnah and Malkos, that if we evaluate the guy, whenever we give Malkus, you're supposed to give us 39 Malkus. But not everybody can handle 39 Malkus without dying. So we give, bring him to the Malkus doctor. He says, this guy can take 18. All right, so we give him 18, right? That was the doctor's orders. Turns out he couldn't take 18. He, di- he died right, right on the spot. So nobody gets punished for that. It was like the cost of doing business. We did the best we could, you know what I mean? We tried to figure out what we could handle. We got it a little bit wrong. So similarly here, an eye for an eye, you send them to the doctor. The doctor says, yeah, I think he can handle the eye removal procedure. You remove the eye. You know, you do the best you can. If he dies, he dies. Maybe that should be the approach. Says the Gemara. Uh, yeah, since that's true, that that can happen, so this Abaye, Right, Abaye Omer Abaye really resonated with me. Abaye thought that it's just barbaric. You're going to kill the guy, but it's not true, right? The fact that you're going to kill the guy is not always going to be a deterrent, because Phil, we see by Maka, sometimes you kill the guy, and we realize that we're willing to take that risk. So, so we knocked out Abaye. Okay, now another proof from Zvid Mishmei the Rabbah Omar. A lines up from the wide Omar. Okay, wait a second. A wound for a wound. So that means that even where there's damages, you're going to have to be concerned for the tsar. What does that mean? Right, it's like this. In other words, we know that we have to pay nezek and tsar, we have to pay for pain. Pain is something that's not really tangible and quantifiable, right? In other words, it it wouldn't be itemized because it wouldn't be identical, right? In other words, if you did an eye for an eye, right? So then the amount of nezek, tzai, reaper, bush, everything is going to be assumed to be the same. If you do physical eyeball removal, so then it's assumed that the pain will be everything, the whole experience is the same. You don't have to itemize. Now you're going to also pay nezek, you're going to also pay tzai, reaper, bush, because all of the stuff, it's like, now you really know what I went through. Now you're going to go through it, so to speak, right? True revenge. Oh, so true revenge doesn't get itemized. You just do the exact thing and then, yeah, enjoy. Like, now you, now you know what I went through. You're going to go through all of the things that I went through, right? That's what it means. If it was true, I turn I, says Rav Zvid, so then we wouldn't be talking about Tsar and Boshes and all those things. That's what he's talking about here, right? 
Whatever you're going to experience, now you're going to experience. We're not going to itemize it. Says means right, like American mifunakim, spoiled. So some people are very dainty, and the pain is more than they can handle. So there, he has more tsar. And another person is like really tough. He doesn't even feel it. You take his ayah, like I don't even care. So therefore, that in other words, whenever, give the victim the difference. In other words, the fact that we also pay tsar does not necessarily indicate that it's not an eye for an eye because maybe one guy really can't take it and the other guy is like fine with it. So therefore, the tsar that you're paying is the difference in the experience for the two people. Okay? So four lines for the art of That is, therefore, it's not conclusive. In other words, the fact that, um, right, the tsar is one of the payments that you have to pay does not necessarily indicate that an eye for an eye is monetary. It could still be an eye for an eye, and what you're paying is the difference. Okay? Now we're going to take, right, each of these tashlumen, I'm going to say, does, any, does each one of them necessarily indicate that it's not a literal eye for an eye? So what about the repoy, the fact that you have to pay for the medical expenses? Says the Gemara, Litin Bim right? In other words, the fact that, right, it's you have to pay the the rape sounds it's the same exact argument, just with repui. That medical expenses wouldn't be something that we're talking about if we did literal eye for an eye. It must be therefore, if Papa says that you're doing it with money and itemized bills, right? Because after all, if you took a literal eye for an eye, just like one victim needs healing, the other victim needs healing, so it should be even Stephen. So again, the fact that you're paying the medical bills sounds like you're not actually taking out his eye, but rather you are right uh, paying for it monetarily. So the Gemara, the same thing. Right? One guy is a quick healer, but you could also like and the other guy is just never healing. So maybe the repoy is not an indication of the fact that it's not a literal life for an eye, but in fact that it's actually monetary payment. Um, uh, it's not a, rather uh, an indication that it's monetary payment, but it could be literal life for an eye. But one guy, right, the eye healed right away and like there was, he didn't even have to go to the doctor. Like the next day he was fine other than the loss of the eye. Whereas the other guy, now it's like infected. Now he's just like in the hospital for a year and a half with this eye. And it is for that that you're paying the medical expenses. So it's not identical and therefore that's why you're paying the medical expenses. Not necessarily an indication that you don't do literal eye for an eye. Okay, it's now Ravashi Amar. One last proof that eye for an eye is monetary and not literal. From shore. You know, with regards to an animal, we say you pay. Shalem, shalem. Use the language of payment for shore, tachas, shore. So therefore, we see why. Sometimes we see tit for tat language in the Gemara, in the Torah rather, and the Torah specifically uses payment. So, so, so that sees that, so we see that exact tit for tat is very often payment. Says the Gemara, Malahal Maman Afkan Maman, right? So Rashi is saying, just like by a shore it's monetary, so too by an eye is monetary. However, the Gemara says, My chazit, the alphas tachas tachas me shore, the alphas tachas tachas me, adam, v'ksiv natat nefesh tachas nafesh. And you know, when we say tachat, when we say one for the other, you know, yes, there's some context where it's monetary, but there are indeed some contexts where it is not monetary. For example, capital punishment, nefesh tachas nefesh, sounds like, right, it, it, it is indeed a capital punishment, mamish, right? Just like there, it's literal capital punishment. So whenever we use the word tachas, this for that, 
doesn't always necessarily mean money. It could also mean literally. So Ami the Gemara answers, done in Nezikin, Nezikin, vein done Nezikin, Mimisa. Yeah, but with the shore, it's talking about Nezikin, and therefore that is a parallel to the eye for an eye. The capital punishment is a different thing. So one thing has to do with Nezikin, the other thing has to do with capital punishment. Learn it from the one that's Nezikin, which is to say from the shore. And therefore it is monetary. Gemara says, yeah, but I could have said the other way. Adarabah, done in Adam, Adam, done in Adam, Behema. I could have said that, you know, the one with the shore, sure, it's Nezikin, but it's not even humans, it's animals. So I could have said, yeah, but let's do the human example. Even though it's capital punishment, maybe when it comes to humans, we do literal. When it comes to animals, we do money. So how do we know? Go back to the Gzair Shava of the person who, Onus Mephateh, right? The person who violates um, a woman and he gets the 50 shekel for that. There we say, that that's the parallel. In other words, he raped somebody, Rahman al-Tzlan. So that is human on human crime, and yet you pay. That's, you pay monetarily for that. Uh, so that is the best example. Why? Because it's Adam and Adam and Ezekiel and because it's both human and damages. And therefore, since in that case you pay, it must be that I, Dachazai, you pay. In other words, right, the, the case of capital punishment is defi- deficient because there it's actual killing. The case of Shor Tachashor is deficient because that's an animal. But the case of the 50 Shekel is human and it's injury, and therefore that's the most parallel case. And from there we learn that it's monetary. Okay, so we just pr- made all these proofs that eye for an eye is not literal, but it's monetary. Did everybody agree to that? Uh, doesn't look like it. Tanya, Bryce, Rebbe Lezer, Mer, Ayn Tachasayin Mamash. How do you like that? Rebbe Lezer says you take the guy out, eye down. Ask the mar, Mamish Salakatach, really? You're going to take his eye? Rebeleza, Lazla, Kohala, tonight? We just have brought many, many proofs that it's monetary. And what? Rebeleza disagrees with all of these people? Amarabba, Lomash, Ain Shamanos, Okevin. No, what Rebeleza means to say is that we don't assess him as if he were a slave. That's all. He's talking about the evaluation of the eye. He doesn't really mean that you take his eye out. So Amarabba, Abaye, Ela, Kaman. Wait, so how do we assess him if not like a slave? Keben Chorin? What are you slave? Are you like a regular citizen? Does anybody have a price on them other than a slave? That's we just saying slave to indicate right human assessment of value. El Amar Ravashi, rather as Rashi says, Ravashi says Lomash ain't shaman so benizak el bemazik. An unbelievable thing, as Rashi says, like we learn in Perak Beis on Daf Chavav Ish bamitov v'lo shor bamitov, right that. That uh, I'm sorry, El Mazik, the previous Rashi, Eino Shamazik Shaminan, Kamu Shabel Makeh Shav, Vikamu Yafeblo Ain, an unbelievable idea that you evaluate it based on the assailant, not the victim. Okay. So now eight lines up from the bottom two dots. So who Khamar the Kata Yoda the Yunuko? When I have incidences of bodily injury, story time. A donkey severed the hand of a child. Also commander of Papa Shmuel, the case came to Papa Shmuel, Amalhu Zilu Shumalho Arbar Dvarim. And they said Right, go assess all of the monetary payments. He said, Arba Dvarim, really, the Rashi says, it's, the, it's talking about all five. It's, all, it's the four Dvarim in, on top of Nezek, right? Tsar, Ripu, Boshes, and Sheves. So, Amalei Rava, Vahan, and Chamisha, Tnan. But we learn in the Mishnah that there's five. No, it's not Rashi, it's the, uh, it's the Gemara. <laughs> Rava said, wait a minute, what, what four things? Five things. Amalei, sir, Papa said, yeah, Levarmi Nezek, Kamina. This is the Gemara saying, I meant to say the four besides Nezek that we just aforementioned. Okay, so be that as it may, right? A donkey severed the hand of a child. For that, obviously, you pay 
all monetary payments. But wait a minute, this isn't human on human crime. This is a donkey. We just said the only time you pay those five things is when it's human on human crime. Any other combination, you're going to only pay nezek. That's what Abaye pointed out. Oh, says the Gemara. Uh, so when Papa Reshmuel heard that, he said, okay, so then assess only, right, the damage. And then, right, and then he says, But first we need to assess, in order to assess the damage, we have to, what? Assess uh, how much he's going to be worth as an Evid, and we don't know what this kid would be worth as an Evid. This is the Rashi I was reading before that I underlined. That is the source that we learned that it's only when human and human crime is happening that we make these assessments uh, based on uh, the five payments. But when you do it, when a, when a donkey does the crime, so then you do only Nezik. So Amr Lahu, right? Zil Shamir Ka'avda goes to him like a slave. Amr Lahu, Avur Di Nuka, the father of the child. Right, Avur the Yanuka, the father of the child, said, Loba Ina, I don't want it. I don't want the child to be assessed as a slave. Why? The Zilobe Milsa. That's not cool. It's not a good look. I don't like it. Don't assess my free child as a slave. Amulay, what do you mean? Yeah, but Dad, he's gonna get a payout because he got injured. If you are not going to let him be assessed as a slave, how much he would have been worth before the injury and how much he's worth now, you're in essence uh, stealing money from him or you're at least withholding money that is owed to him from going into his savings account. Okay, uh, it's fine. I owe him the money. I'll get an IOU. I'll fill his savings account with my own money when he gets older. But I'm not going to have him assessed as a slave now. Fine. Now four lines up on the bottom, another story. Again, an ox chews off a hand of a child. So now you're only going to pay Nezek. Now this case came before Rabba. God says a child like a slave. How much would he be worth with the hand? How much without? The guy into a whole other case. When you're assessed like a slave, we don't collect for the money in Bavel. Why? Because there Rashi says, Rashi, I'm reading Rashi. The Gemara is going to explain later. The Gemara is going to explain all the reasons why the courts in Babel were different than the courts in Eretz Israel. We'll see. He says, yeah, the assessment is needed, right, because we have to know how much he can keep. In other words, if, the, if let's say, what would happen was that the victim would seize the property and take matters into an own, in, in into his own hands, we have to see how much he would keep. In other words, as a Babylonian court, we don't have the authority to extract money from the guy. But what if the guy took matters into his own hand? Maybe we would uh, allow him to keep that amount. How, is that, how does that work? Because, what, is this, what was this issue of Babylonian courts? Rav is according to his own reasoning. That there are certain, only certain cases that the Babylonian courts had the authority to adjudicate. Which is, if an ox hits, uh, uh, damages an ox, or a person damages an ox. Okay? Niske adam ba'adam, but niske adam b'shor, ain't governor of But amazingly, human injury, either by human or by a shore, 
When the Yumi gets injured, we can't collect damages in Bavel. Whoa! Because Elohim Ba'inon, because the Pasuk said the word Elohim Ba'leka, as we will see, right? That the idea of Elohim, of true ordained judges and true smicha, is only in Eretz Yisrael. Okay, so it says the Gemara, in this case, well, you need judges for. Right, for in this case, Shorbashor also. So as we turn to pay dollar and base, the hopeless time is 618 a.m. Elokim, but So there too it says Elokim. So why are those allowed in Bavel? Says the Gemara. There are certain things where even though Bavel in and of themselves doesn't have the authority, the judges of Eretz Yisrael relinquish their authority to them. Just like they did. So there's certain cases where they allowed it. Just like they did by what? Admissions and loans. What is admissions and loans? Yeah. Like, they want people to be able to lend other people money, right? Sometimes you're going to end up in court when you do these lending. But guess what? If you don't allow a judiciary body to handle loans, nobody will give loans. And that was very important for Chazal, for, for, to have the Jews, it's a big mitzvah, for Jews to lend money to other Jews when they need it. And therefore, in order to allow loans to happen in other places in the world, the judicial body of the, uh, of, of the Jews in Israel allowed the Babylonian courts to handle it in order to do that. So, so too here by Niskim, so if that's true, so then you should also do it when a human being gets injured, says the Gemara, right? There too, the, Bab- the Israeli courts should allow the Babylonian courts to handle it as their shliach. Just like they do for loans, says the Gemara, Amri, that we're empowered to carry out the um, the halacha of the Israeli courts with right uh, with areas that it's already set right where they can be certain about what the halacha is and it's obvious and that would be true of loans and other things perhaps also when it comes to injury we don't trust you because personal injury cases are very complicated in terms of the appraisal of how much that personal injury is, and that you can only do in Israel, and therefore it's only when you're gonna have an animal and you can, it's obvious how much it would be worth in the shuk. But when you have a human being where it's so difficult to determine, how do you know, right, uh, how many millions of dollars is it worth if you get burnt by uh, Starbucks, right? In, 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 you know, that's something that we're not gonna let. The Babylonian courts decides. Uh, we're gonna re- resume here tomorrow. Bezrat Hashem.